Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. In this age of GPS satellites and turn-by-turn directions, it seems like any location in the world can be found with the push of a button. But if the tale of a swashbuckling 19th century explorer is to be believed, there's an entire city out there that's lost. In 1885, a hugely popular acrobatic daredevil and circus pioneer named G.A. Farini undertakes a daring expedition into the vast dunes of Africa's Kalahari Desert. When he returns to civilization, Farini made a remarkable claim, that he came across the ruins of a lost city half buried in the scorching sands. Many believe he had stumbled upon a never before described civilization. To others, he was branded a liar, a circus showman full of tall tales. But the promise of a lost city lured explorers into the unforgiving desert. Many followed in Farini's footsteps. All came up empty handed and some, well, some were never heard from again. But now, a modern explorer is launching a bold new expedition, and he's bringing some 21st century technology to the table. The heart of Africa has been the setting for many a fabled expedition, and now I get to join the ranks of Stanley and Livingston as I go in pursuit of the long-lost ruins of the Kalahari Desert. My name is Josh Gates. With a degree in archaeology and a passion for exploration, my travels have taken me to the ends of the earth as I investigate the greatest legends in history. This is Expedition Unknown. My quest for the truth behind the lost city of the Kalahari begins by following the trail of the man who claimed to find it. So I'm traveling to the starting point of his expedition the same way he did. Welcome to South Africa. To the south is the Cape of Good Hope and the southern tip of the continent. And dead ahead is the city of Cape Town. It was originally sighted by Portuguese explorers in 1486, and it's where a very unlikely explorer, a man named Farini, arrived by ship from England on January 29, 1885. 
I sail into the same port that's been welcoming explorers for over a century. But once ashore, I find a modern Cape Town that bears little resemblance to the far-flung outpost that Farini saw. The Cape Town of today is magnetic and multicultural, warmly embracing traditions from around the continent and around the world. And where are you from? Palestine. So you are a, you're a Palestinian in South Africa making Mexican food. Absolutely. <laughs> I love this town. While strolling the streets, Farini may have encountered traditional tribal beats, but I doubt he got a taste of Dixie Jazz. Or whatever you call this catchy tune. Nice work, boys. Nice work. I take the applause and leave the saxophone. My next gig is only a quick stroll away at the National Library of South Africa. I'm here to meet historian Michael Maine, who Josh. can hopefully shed light on whether the Lost City is real or just legend. The story of the Lost City, mm -hmm. it seems to me, has everything to do with this guy Farini. The man who trekked through Africa and found the lost city and all of that. I think to understand that, you've got to go back and try and understand the man himself. Right. Most of his life moved into the world of theater. Born in 1838 as William Leonard Hunt, he reinvented himself as the great Farini, a self-taught high-wire daredevil who enthralled audiences around the globe. Farini, the showman, says in his later life that showmanship is all about deception. And deceive he did. Farini even devised an act where his adopted son Lulu passed himself off as a female acrobat, to the utter amazement of unsuspecting fans. He was the quintessential showman, and a wonderful example of this, he, he decided to walk across Niagara wearing a washing machine on his back. I mean, this is uh, obviously brave, but, but also seems kind of crazy. I mean, was, was he a madman? He wasn't a madman at all. He was so gifted in so many fields. He uh, helped invent the parachute. He helped, in invent, he helped the invent the parachute. The parachute. Yeah. Wow. He invented flip-up theater seats. Wait a minute. So every time I go to the movies, I have Farini to thank. Thank you, Farini. Wow. That is an extraordinary man. So here's the question. How does this guy end up in the deserts of Africa? He was always looking for new acts. Right. And he'd heard about pygmies in Africa. Farini was fascinated by these people. He and his son Lulu set off on a, a journey of discovery into the Kalahari. Somewhere along the way, Farini's expedition encounters a fantastic set of ruins. That is, if you believe the word of a professional circus showman, which many, not surprisingly, do not. In terms of, of, of seeing if we can verify this story, yeah. How do we do that? All right, there are really three things you can use. Let's start with this. This, this is uh, his book. This Farini's is, book. This is Farini's book, uh, Through the Kalahari. Uh-huh. Okay. The second source, guard this with your life. This is an original transcript of the lecture that was given at the Royal Geographical Society in July 1886. After the expedition, Farini submits a presentation to the Royal Geographical Society in London. It contains the first ever mention of the lost city of the Kalahari. The report also contains something else, a hand-drawn map. 
The map illustrates that Farini undertook a thousand-mile journey from Cape Town, far north into what is now Botswana, to Lake Ngami, where he turned around and came back. He even marks the location of the lost city. The only problem? The map is rife with geographical errors, and there's nothing at the spot where he marked the ruins. But there is physical evidence of Farini's journey. His son, Lulu, took these very fine photographs. If you look at this one, you can see the two of them there. This is extraordinary because this really is, more than anything else, a visual record. And it's unimpeachable. You could go there and verify it. Right. They didn't take you photographs of the Lost City. What we do have is sketches that Lulu did. There's one there. So this is what Farini claimed to see. Exactly. And why do you think that so many people have gone to look for this place? Because we love a mystery like this. Yeah. We love this. Right. That's what we're about. I mean, it is cool. We're driven by curiosity. I like a challenge. You'll enjoy it. Hey, thank you very much. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Armed with original copies of Farini's own materials, I begin my quest to determine if the lost city is real or whether Farini's theatrical nature duped the world. The trail begins at Cape Town's iconic 3,000-foot edifice, Table Mountain. After Farini arrives in Cape Town, his son, Lulu, the photographer, comes up here and snaps what really are the first of the photos from their now legendary expedition. These photos are a way for us to track Farini because we actually see what he saw. And this is where it all starts, right here. Using Farini's photos and writings as a guide, I can literally walk in his footsteps. By doing that, I can see where he really went and hopefully figure out if he actually made a discovery. And I'm not the only one using this approach. My plan is to meet with an explorer about halfway up Farini's route, who may be on the cusp of determining whether the lost city is fact or fiction. To reach him, I'm going to need something a bit more rugged than the open-topped ox carts that Farini used. If you're going to go into the Kalahari Desert, you need the right vehicle for the job. This is a custom land cruiser that has been outfitted for serious expeditions. Comes with everything you might need along the way, including a full mobile refrigerator, as well as an entire mobile kitchen, stove, cutlery, glassware. It's also got uh, propane tanks that uh, fuel a full hot shower. This is really your all-in-one Lost City vehicle. Okay, here we go. I'm on the wrong side of the car. Important note to self, the steering wheel is on the right, so remember to drive on the left side of the road. And with that, I'm embarking on an adventure to find a daring explorer and hopefully the lost city of the Kalahari. All right, goodbye Cape Town. Desert, here we come. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Cape Town, South Africa. I'm setting off to meet an explorer determined to figure out if the lost city of the Kalahari is the stuff of legend or an undiscovered reality. Okay, tricked out four by four, check. Food, water, fuel, check. Now we're gonna drive north, and then we're just gonna keep driving north. The plan? To drive through the last vestige of civilization in the city of Uppington, then into the vast Kalahari Desert to meet adventurer Adam Cruz. The further I get from Cape Town, the rougher the journey. Literally. Okay, there goes the paved road. It is going to be dirt roads from here. This is an area known as the Karoo. It's a word that has a lot of different interpretations. Uh, the definition I like best is empty. Out here, there aren't exactly drive through Starbucks. About the closest thing I find is this. An eclectic mom-and-pop operation that looks like it's right out of Mad Max except without guys in bondage gear chasing me with a flamethrower. How's it going, boys? Good. Oh, good. Yeah, thank you. I'm headed north, up into the Kalahari. Never been there. Give me a preview. What's it like? It's actually less than this. Less than this? Yeah. There's nothing out here. How can it be less than this? It's nothing less than the <laughs> <laughs> That's the Kalahari. That's the Kalahari. All right, got it. I get back on the road. And after a few more hours, I eventually arrive in the town of Uppington. I duck into the local library to take a peek in their archives. The newspapers from Farini's day have been preserved on microfilm. I scan the 130-year-old papers for any clues to the mystery. Baking powder is on sale for five cents, so that's, that's a pretty good bargain. Eventually, I find just what I'm looking for. Here it is. So... This is from the Cape Argus newspaper. This is Wednesday, July 22nd, 1885. This is just after Farini comes out of the Kalahari Desert after his expedition. Mr. Farini and his son having just arrived after their journey to the Kalahari, he gives a striking description of magnificent falls on the Orange River. Talks a little bit about the natives. The really strange part about this is that he actually makes no mention of this lost city. 
You know, if you think about this, he, he's just come out of the desert. He's met this reporter and he's giving this account. The reporter says he's all too happy to talk about this, this incredible expedition. And yet he doesn't tell the guy that he's found this, this crazy lost city trapped in the sand. That, that doesn't come up at all in this interview. That's really weird. The fact that Farini didn't shout his fine from the rooftops is suspicious. But then again, he was planning a book and a presentation, and maybe he was keeping his incredible find a secret. To find out, I press on to the north and enter the great, untamed Kalahari Desert. Out here, there are no towns and no people, but that doesn't mean it's deserted. Everywhere I look, there's wildlife. Looks like a couple of hemsbok coming across the road. Some pretty serious horns there. I'm going to let those guys go. Pretty sure this ostrich wants to race me. You want a piece of this? Bring it. Most of the residents are exotic, but relatively harmless. Others, not so much. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Look at that. That is 30 feet from the car. Full-grown male African lion. Literally, that thing is just living out here in the wilderness. Makes it a little hard to search for a lost city when you could actually be eaten while looking. Hoping to avoid becoming dinner, I carry on and arrive at my rendezvous point, a fenced-in lodge where I'm set to meet with veteran explorer Adam Cruz. Adam. Josh. How are you, man? I'm very well, and Nice you? to meet you. Yes, uh, my pleasure. So, are you going to show me the way to the lost city? Well, at least I'm going to try. Yes. All right, good. You ready? Yeah, no, I'm ready. Now, let's do it. Come on. Okay. Adam has crisscrossed the Kalahari and is a seasoned expert on Farini's expedition. He's even authored a book on the subject. Now, Adam, what drew you to the Farini story, the Lost City legend? Well, it started when I was very young. I mean, like all boys, I love the stories of Tarzan and yeah. uh, King Solomon's Mines right. and, and all those uh, great stories. And then as I got older, I started realizing that some of these stories were real. And then I read a book by a South African author, a famous South African author, who went on this harebrained scheme into the desert to look for this lost city. And that was the first time I heard about it. And then I got hooked. And then I discovered that a lot of people have gone out to try and find this. I read somewhere that there had been more than 30 kind of full-scale expeditions. Definitely more than 30 documented expeditions. I reckon there are probably hundreds of, of um, people going out there looking on their own capacity, uh, trying to find this thing. The area that, that this lot city is situated in is vast. It's a massive expanse of nothingness. Uh -huh. I mean, we're in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Despite Farini's career as a circus showman, Adam has become convinced that he didn't invent the lost city. After all, in Farini's 400-page book on the Kalahari, the mention of the lost city takes up less than two pages. It's not a big sort of description. There's no fanfare to it. He drops it in in a couple of paragraphs and right. then continues on with his story. Right, it's not like he leveraged it into some big, you know, money-making scheme. The, the book isn't really about the lost city. The book is just about the Kalahari. Certainly, that's exactly what it is. So it's very plausible and very possible that this lost city is still out there. I'm starting to think that Adam might be right, especially when I see where he's led us. Okay, Josh, just pull over up here. This is it? Yep, this is it. Do it. Looks like a, like a toppled fortress. Chinese wall after an earthquake. That was Farini's description, that right? That was Farini's description. In Farini's writings, he describes the lost city as a tumbled-down wall made of tightly fitted, squared-off blocks. We hike in through a dry riverbed and try to make sense of the stones ahead of us. So look at these. This is what I want to show you. 
A lot of experts have thought that based on these square blocks, that Farini mistook these as man-made and hence a lost city. So what do you think? Case closed? Okay, what do you think, Josh? Does this look natural or does this look man-made to you? From a quarter of a mile out, it fooled me, sure. Because it does, it comes out of nowhere. You're looking at this flat horizon and you see this, this what looks like blocks. But once you're up on top of it, no, to me, to me, it looks natural. There's lots of rounded stones here and they all look very weathered. And really, even though the lines are quite straight, they're not perfectly straight. And, and there's no real evidence of tool marks. So no, I, I think it looks pretty natural. Free might have been a circus guy, an entertainer, but he certainly was no fool. I mean, he was a, an accomplished botanist. He was an inventor. Uh, he could speak a dozen languages. If you and I can think this is natural, yeah. Farini would have thought this is natural as well. Uh, I think the, the lost city is somewhere else. So the question is where? Well, I think the problem is, is everybody's looking for this city has based their search on Farini's map. But we know that Farini's map is very unreliable. It is flawed. So we've got to try a different plan of attack. We've got to figure out where they were, what route they took. And where do you think that will lead us? Well, I think it's not to the north. I don't think it's here. I think it's to the south. To the south? To the south. Okay. According to Farini's map, his route took him from Cape Town to the remote shores of Lake Ngami and back. Except that's almost certainly not true. So you don't think he went all the way to where he said no, he went? No, the time frame right. doesn't match it. I mean, there's no ways he could have covered that distance in the time he was in the, in the uh, area. Farini's steamship tickets confirm that his journey lasted eight months, which means he would have had to cover more than 40 miles a day in an ox cart in the desert. It's all but impossible. But we know that Farini made at least part of the journey. The best case scenario, he probably went as far as uh, southern Botswana. In all the photos that Lulu took are, are, are clearly of the area up until that point. Right. Adam believes that instead of traveling all the way to Lake Ngami, Farini traveled only part of the way and turned back earlier, then embellished his journey to make it seem even more far-flung. But consequently, every expedition that has sought the lost city has looked in the heart of the Kalahari Desert, in an area that Farini probably never reached. Let's rule out all the areas to the north. We're not sure whether Farini went all the way up there. That's right. Adam believes that Farini saw his lost city much farther to the south, so that's where we're headed. But with the sun setting low on the horizon, we're going to need to hunker down for the night. Yeah, right here. Good a spot as any, right? Yeah. Okay, here we are. Home sweet home. I try to forget that we're camping in what amounts to a zoo with no cages. We build a fire for safety, and I cook, or at least heat up some fancy 21st century instant meals. Cuban black beans and coconut. Oh, very nice. A classic African dish. Perfect for the Kalahari. <laughs> How does our setup here compare to Farini, do you think? Well, he would have had something pretty similar for 1885. So. He had the latest uh, vehicle of the day. It was a buck wagon towed by a whole team of oxen. But he had all the latest things on it. He had a, an awning that came over the side for shade. Uh, he would have had servants uh, walking along next to it, making sure that, uh, you know, when we stopped like this, they would be all around. What kind of guy do you think Farini was? Farini was larger than life. He loved the, the scenery. He loved, the, especially he loved the local tribes he came across. Mm. And he always went out of his way to meet them and greet them, which... Uh, for his age, was, uh, was beyond his age because most Europeans in those days didn't treat uh, the local people like that. Right. As much as I feel like we're looking for the lost city, I feel like I'm looking for Farini as well. This is a guy that, that needs rediscovery. I think his history needs to be written. Well, here's to, uh, here's to Farini. 
Here's to Farini. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, God, I'm going to be pissed if I get eaten by a lion tonight. Daybreak, and I'm happy to report that nothing has turned me into a midnight snack. Adam, good morning. Morning, morning. How do you take your eggs? Uh, over easy. Uh, scrambled is the only thing I have available right now. In fact, I'm starting to get pretty comfortable out here in the Kalahari. With my 4x4 camper transformer tucked back into highway mode, we make our way to Adam's targeted search area to the south. So, Josh, this is the Okrabi's Falls. Unbelievable. Look at that. That is stunning. Amazing. These, these I recognize from Farini's photos, yeah? Yeah. Those are the falls. That is them. That's yeah. it, right? Beyond that. And the other one, he's in, right? That's Farini. That's Farini. So that's over here somewhere, yeah? Yes. Uh, that's under that lip right there, yeah? Yeah, that's it. You're right. Spot on. So we've placed the man right there. So the question becomes, why look for the lost city here? Okay, well, as you said, Josh, Farini was here. We can place the man right here, so it's guaranteed. And there's questions about the rest of his journey. Nobody searched the one place we knew 100% where he was. Right. Okay, so how do we search it? Well, that's going to be pretty hard. This is more terrain than we could cover on foot in a lifetime. Thankfully, Adam has come up with a shortcut. He directs me to a nearby dusty airstrip. He's reached out to an aerial reconnaissance team equipped with a special technology called LIDAR. It's like a legit operation here. Yeah, it's the boys. LIDAR is a laser scanning device that pierces through vegetation, revealing long forgotten features underneath. How much ground can we cover in what time using the LIDAR? We will cover about 2,500 acres in one hour. 2,500 acres in one hour? In one hour. That's crazy. No expedition before ours has attempted to locate Farini's city using this technology. Adam and the scanning equipment will operate from the plane, while a pilot and I will perform some forward reconnaissance in this. Oh, no, no, no. What is this? It's called a gyrocopter. This does not look like something that flies. Initial glance doesn't instill a lot of confidence, but believe me, once we get up there, I'm sure I'll change your mind. Okay, here we go. Even though I'm worried that my foot is going to punch a hole through the floor, I cross my fingers and hope for the best. Woohoo! Unbelievable! This is so cool! Okay, let's go find a lost city. Hey, Adam, we are airborne. We're starting the reconnaissance run now. Our plan is simple. I'm looking for unusual formations around the canyons and dry riverbeds where we know Farini traveled. If I see anything, that's where Adam's LiDAR-equipped plane comes in. The LiDAR will scan the landscape with millions of laser pulses and then analyze the data to look for anything man-made, like a lost city. We're coming up in the area where Adam and I were on foot. I can see the river and some of the canyons now coming off our 11 o'clock. This thing goes real low. We're going to head into the canyon. I'll let you know what we see. Okay, copy that, Josh. Uh, we are a few miles behind you. We'll be there any minute. Seeing some interesting features down here, Adam. Uh, looks like some rock formations next to these dry riverbeds. They look very different than other stuff that we've seen. Let's get down there and check it out. Excellent and steep 
great news. Okay, we are making our way over there, and we'll be there in any minute. Adam's associates will use the LiDAR laser scanners on his plane and sweep back and forth over the target area like a paintbrush. Okay, um, altitude looks good, speed looks good. If there was anything there initially, we'll definitely pick it up now. Meanwhile, my kamikaze pilot and I survey the entire area and target additional spots for the LiDAR to scan. And after Adam's team finishes up their runs, it's time for us to see if we've got any hits. Okay, let's get back on the ground and see what the data looks like. Okay, we are headed back for the airstrip now. Copy that, we're right behind you. Back at the airport, the team has already started analyzing the data from our LiDAR flight. They invite Adam and I over to take a look. Did the LiDAR turn anything up? It did. What you can see, that's the canyon that you guys flew through. Right. These are all the mountains sitting here. We remove all the vegetation. Mm -hmm. And basically what we're left with is what is actually on the ground itself. The first thing we notice is that there's a small village in the area, an indigenous community. So the community is basically sitting here in the north. But then there was something really interesting I found just up here. Ah, now we're talking. Look at this, Josh, yeah, an elliptical right. shape. Okay? That yeah. is wild. Farini mentioned an elliptical wall, a circular wall that fits this shape over here. I mean, it this totally is, this does. Is, this is perfect. Can you back it up a bit? Sure, I, I just want to sure. check. Okay, whoa, stop right there. Look at this. Farini spoke about the ruins being at the base of a mountain. Right. Right? That's a mountain, right? That's it, yeah. This is pretty much what we're looking for. I don't know if that's a lost city, but it doesn't look natural. I think we should go look, Josh. Yeah. Without passable roads on the other side of Agrabi's Falls, the only way to get to the elliptical formation is to use the river itself. Okay, here we go. The plan is to raft downstream toward the coordinates and then hike in from there. But first, we'll need to get through a few bumps in the road. This was quite big. Okay, here we go. Hang on. To the left. Yeah, keep it to the left. Whoa. Watch the rock. Paddle forward. Watch that rock. Woo. We're alive. Adam and I survive the rapids, and downstream we find ourselves in pristine wilderness. A dinosaur could push through those bushes and I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> it's like a lost world. Here, in the midst of a desert, is a lush and primordial world. Eventually, we approach the closest point to the GPS coordinates and pull over to make a plan. It looks like we're a couple kilometers from the LiDAR point. But I think we go straight up there. Yeah, through the riverbed. Okay. From the water to the desert. Here we go. <laughs> Although it's only a bit more than a mile to reach the Crescent Anomaly, it's slow going on foot. Sandy in some places and rocky in others. The terrain here looks like something from Mars. So I think that peak that we saw on the LiDAR is right there, yeah? Yeah, I agree. So we're just somewhere inside of that. Yeah, we've got to go a little bit to that side. The LiDAR revealed a semicircular rock formation. We hike down over the ridge to approach the coordinates, and suddenly, we see what we came for. Oh, look at that! Wow! Huge crescent! This is it! 
This is what we saw on the LiDAR. It does look like blocks too. It's really wild. Yeah, it's this huge half moon shape. Amazing. Oh, and look at you, Josh. Look at this. That's man-made. This is a wall. That is a wall. Signs of civilization right here. Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> awesome Very work. Good. It's not clear what this is, but it's something that's been constructed deliberately, and it's obviously old. This could be a hut. Yeah. It could be a cattle enclosure. It's clearly very old. A couple centuries at least? At least a couple of centuries, maybe more. Who yeah. knows? This enclosure is a clear sign that a society of some kind was living in these deserts hundreds of years ago. But we'll need to continue exploring if we have any hope of figuring out what exactly this is and whether it's related to Farini's lost city. Oh, look at that. Hey, that's a wall. Big wall. Look at that. We've just come across the largest ruin of the site, a wall that stretches for more than half a mile. It just goes on and on. What's really crazy is that so much of it actually matches Farini's description. This is very good. Let's see how far we are from that community we spotted. We've got to be fairly close to them, right? We are about three and a half clicks. And that's going to be in that, that direction yep. over there. Let's make our way over there, see if they know of any other structures in the area, or see if uh, they've seen anything else. Yeah. Good idea. Yeah? This is so cool. The LiDAR scan revealed a small indigenous community living a few kilometers from the rock formations. We trudge across the sweltering sands for an hour, but finally, we catch a break. Oh, those people. Huh? Where? Yeah, see the guy. Oh, no. Donkeys. Hey! 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 How are you? How are you guys doing? Oh, fine. And you guys? Where are you coming, coming from? from? We're coming from the community, Rimfasma. You're the first people I've seen out here. First people. Yeah. It is, it's very quiet out here. Yeah. We're looking for old structures, like old buildings. You understand? Yes. Yeah. Like uh, man-made. Yeah. Anything like that around here? I will ask my friend. You know better. Madisoki. All structures, yeah. All structures? He said maybe three kilometers from here, yeah. What language are you speaking? We speak Tamara Nama. Do you know this language? I don't know it, I know of it, but it, I, I don't like, understand. It's, it's a, like one of the click it's languages. It's got a click, you heard him speak. Yeah. He speaks very good, hey? Yeah, it's very yeah. cool sounding. Yeah. You want a ride? Yeah, I'd love a ride. Take a ride are you kidding? Us. In this yes. heat? I'll <laughs> yes. be happy to take a ride. <laughs> Just climb up, hey? Yes. And we're in. Yes. This is what we call the Kalahari Ferrari. <laughs> I love it. We're not exactly tearing across the desert, but it certainly beats walking. We've only been riding for a few minutes when something catches Adam's eye. Hey, Josh, look at this tree here. Sorry, don't you want to just stop here for a second? Yes. Just for a second. Stop. Josh, I, want to, I just want to show you something. That, this, is, this is something interesting about Farini. Lulu took a, a picture of Farini and somebody standing underneath a tree exactly like this. Really? Yeah. And you, do, we, do we have the photos? We, yeah, I've got, got the, the photos, photos in my backpack. All right, let's have a look. Here we go. Look at this. That's almost a dead match. Yeah, look at that. It's proof that Farini at least passed through the, an area like this. At least he got this far. Oh, another clue checked off. The fact that Farini passed through this area, combined with the fact that we've already seen stone walls and structures, 
might mean that we're on the right track. The question now is what else is out here? Stop, stop. Is this it? Yes. Where? Where is it? Right By the hill? Yes. I can show you where. That'd be great. Okay, let's go. Come on. Let's go. Our new friend Lionel agrees to take us to what he claims are man-made structures. Adam and I are incredibly curious to see what's hiding out here. That is, if the heat doesn't kill us first. We're coming up on 5 p.m., and it's as hot as it's been all day. Yeah. Hasn't cooled off one degree. No. How far is not far from here anymore? Not far. Something up here? Yeah, look at this. That is really weird. Definitely not natural. No. This is totally lined up here. Yeah, it's almost like uh, it, it was... It's like, like a piece a of road. or a pavement or something. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like a piece of road. Yeah. These are really fine stones. Yeah, they're very flat. They're very smooth. Yeah. And it almost looks like it was built as a platform or something. Yeah. Right? It's kind of what Farini described. Yet another strange structure. More evidence of a lost culture in the Kalahari. Anything else that you think is man-made here? Man-made, yes. It's artwork. Artwork? Artwork, yeah. Artwork? Yes. Where? There's somewhere, 500 meters from here. That I want to see. Let's go look. Here we go. As we continue through the blistering desert, Lionel guides us onto a jagged hill. Really strange rocks. They are funny, hey? Yeah. The environment looks more and more like Farini's descriptions. And as we crest the ridge, I can't help but feel as though we're on the cusp of answers. Ah, look at this, Josh, look at this. These are wild, these are etchings. Now these are etchings and these are really, really old. How, how old do you think these are? More than a thousand years. More than a thousand years. And you can make out the kinds of animals as well. Right. This is a giraffe. Yes, yeah. Okay, this, I think this that's is a human. human. Yeah, it's yeah, a human, that's easy. right. This is typical of, of the hunter-gatherer society in, right. in Southern Africa. It goes without saying that thousand-year-old art carved with such skill is extremely rare in this world, but finding it here, in this remote, harsh environment, is nothing short of incredible. And this site is even more remarkable than we first realized. This is very interesting. Oh, wow. Okay. Totally different looking. Yeah, we've got this kind of star with a circle around it now, almost like a diamond. They're not just drawing what they see in the environment anymore, they're actually doing something that's more imaginative. Correct, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And this also tells us something else. It means that the, the societies are no longer hunter-gatherers. They're starting to become more sedentary. They're starting to stay in one place. Right. And this is a sign of those walls that we probably saw earlier right. today. A sign of civilization. Absolutely. I have to say, I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty stunned that we've arrived here. You know, we've, we've, we've gone from following this, this eccentric explorer and, and really by following him, we've come to this, which is, which is a really significant discovery, actually. The rock walls, the circular huts, the paving stones, all of them are clear signs of civilization. Explorers have scoured the deserts for signs of some soaring, vanished empire. But it turns out the lost city may have been right in front of them. You know, 30 different expeditions may have just been walking over 
what Farini found in the first place, which is extraordinary. They, they were looking at it all the time, but what they were looking for was something, some grand European civilization or Mediterranean right. civilization. Right, some Greek temple. Correct, instead right. of an African civilization. And that's what this is. Yes. This is a lost city. This is a lost civilization. That's correct. And that is what Farini saw. Right. Analysis of the early rock art and stone structures we examined confirms that they were made more than a millennia ago, built by the hands of a little-known African civilization. As for the great Farini, he may have exaggerated his route, but there's little doubt that he saw these or similar stone structures. His discovery is real, and he deserves credit for voyaging into one of the most punishing environments on Earth and for cataloging the wondrous things he saw there. To me, Farini, like the lost city, is in need of rediscovery. He was a brilliant showman and an intrepid explorer. His journey, I hope, will inspire others to forge their own paths into the Kalahari and to dig up the secrets still hiding in the sands. 50 to 80% less in similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.